What's up, everybody, and thank you for tuning in. I am joined by Mr. Action himself, Luke Jackson. For those of you who don't know Luke, he's a uh, very accomplished boxer, competing in everything from state titles to national titles, the Oceania titles, and uh, then competing in the Commonwealth Games before reaching the pinnacle of his career, which was to captain the 2012 Australian boxing team. How are you, brother? G'day, brother. I'm good, man. How are you? It's been uh, it's been a minute. What can I say? Everyone's been hiding indoors except for you. You seem to be really busy out there, brother. I've um, yeah. I as a, as the world fell apart, I I started to come together again. So, um, everything's been good, man. I've I've really enjoyed um this time, um. Just to work on a few things, and uh, yeah, as you said, I've been really busy training people, um, and and training myself, and focusing on my, on myself, and and figuring out what the next move is. So I guess, what is the next move at the moment? I mean, last I remember, you were actually uh, in the middle of fight camp. You had yep. a uh, fight lined up. I think it was for the twenty fourth of April. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, where where are we now? Okay, so I was supposed to fight the 24th of April, as you said. Um, that got cancelled because of COVID. But I kept training and, um, and yeah, man, last... Uh, look, last I heard we could be maybe fighting in July, hopefully. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see, man. Um, I just stayed ready and stayed busy, stayed focused and stayed, you know, training and, and, uh, and working a lot. Which has been great and helping helping a lot of people in this tough time, um, and also I'd, on on the night that I was supposed to fight it on the David Goggins Run Challenge, so um, I that gave me something to focus on, which is great. So, how did you come across the uh, David Goggins uh, Running Challenge? Um, I mean, for for me, it was kind of amazing because when you started doing that, I was like, you know what, like it's not that big a deal. Yeah. And the reason that is when I used to do my runs, this before I busted my knees, yeah. I was doing 10K runs. Yeah. But I was doing one 10K run. Yeah. And I was like, ah, 6.5, you'll do that easily, right? Yeah. Um, and before you knew it, I, I, I kind of did the math and I realized that once you do 6.5 and what is it, six times a day, yeah, you're, pretty, you, you, you're pretty much running a marathon a day for two days straight. How? Yeah. Uh, tell, me, tell me more about that. So... I come across uh, David Goggins, obviously, you know, I uh, I do, you know, watch a lot of inspiring people um, and he's one of them. So he does this run challenge, it's called the 4448 and that he does this every year. He does this once a year. So every four hours he has to run four miles and he does this for 48 hours. So four miles is 6.4 Ks. So I just rounded off to 6.5 to make sure I hit the target and... Um, yeah, and I started on the Friday night, the night that I was supposed to fight, and I finished up on the Sunday. So, um, as you said, the the run was easy for me, but you know, backing it up and you know, no sleep. You average about an hour sleep between runs, um, so your body's tired, your legs are tired and sore. But there's no problem for me. The hardest thing for me was setting the alarm and making sure that I woke up because I was actually a bit paranoid that I'd sleep through it and uh, and fuck the challenge up. So. Um, look, the, I, I, it was harder for me to stop once I start something, I, I wanted to keep going and so I ended up doing 13 
um, and then uh, and then pulled the pin on it. But um, the next day, the day after, on the Monday, I was really emotional and really down and a bit flat, to be honest with you. So, um, but that's just that happens after my fights as well. So, um, I, I I do life better when I've got something to focus on. Everything seems a little little bit clearer to me, and um, and that was just another time that I felt felt amazing. So nice. So I guess with that, I'd like to know like. Obviously, you know, uh, 6.5, you're doing it roughly in about half an hour, 35 minutes? Yeah, about minutes. Thir- 30 minutes, yeah. So I guess you do 30, 35 minutes by the time you get home, a good hour's gone. Um, yeah. You know, which kind of leaves you three hours until the very next one. Like, yeah, you have what, a shower. What, yeah, what, what was the routine and how much sleep were you actually getting in between those, those runs? Well, you know, I'd, I'd get back, I'd have a shower. Um, you know, some food, some water, and then just depends what time it was. If it was, if it was like the four a.m. one, you know, I'd, I'd go straight to bed. If it was the uh, eight a.m. or um, you know the twelve, I'd, I'd you know get a coffee or chill out a bit and see that you know hang with the dogs or a couple of mates or whatever. But you know, all the the twelve a.m. and the fours, so I was just pretty much showering straight back to bed. Um, but the others, I was just, you know, doing my thing, man, um, chilling out, relaxing, watching TV, and fuck, I love that. I love just being in my own bubble, and I just put a, a block on on work for a couple of days and just focus on me, man. That's that's when I'm at my happiest. When I just, you know, it's like you're in a little bubble. It's uh, nothing else matters. So, for th- you know, for for forty eight hours, I I was living like that, and nothing else mattered. But this run, that's all I had to worry about. I didn't think about anything else. It's just fucking good. And did the uh, legs ever give way? Like, what was there a point in that that forty eight hours where you kind of like, oh, maybe, maybe? Nah, never. No, never, brother. Never, never do I think like that. Um, someone asked me the other day, like, with a fight, like, um, you know, how do you think about? Ki- Keep like keep on going and that, and I'm like, it never comes across my mind, you know. Like if it comes across your mind, maybe that's when you do do it. But I've never thought about fucking quitting or anything, you know. Like the closest it's ever come to is me pleading with my coach Billy saying, um, not to stop the fight. That's because he's like wanted to stop the fight against Frampton to save me because uh, I was getting a beating. But um, I said, please don't stop the fight. You know, let me go out, let me get knocked out, let me go out on my shield. You know, so. Never once, yeah, fuck, my legs were sore, man. Uh, my ankles were cracking. My hamstrings just were torn. But for the first K, it was hard, and then afterwards, you know, you f- I find my rhythm. But, yeah, I always knew I was going to finish it. And actually, I always knew I was going to do one extra or two extra. And were you surprised with the amount of support you got? Because, I mean, you obviously got the idea from Dave Goggins. And since then, you know, you're you're always quite uh, active on social medias, and I've yep. seen that a lot of I don't know youngins have have really gotten onto this challenge now too. Obviously, you're reposting the stuff, um, and then there were even some guys uh, that were joining you at four a.m. in yeah, the morning yeah, for yeah. some of these runs. Were, were were you surprised with the the amount of support you got with that? Of course, man. Like um, boxing, boxing's a small community, you know, uh, and unfortunately you know everyone gets on everyone's ass from time to time you know like you cop a lot of uh, you know backlash on social media man like and i've copped plenty and you know the thing about fighters is we're just do as we're told man we're we're pretty 
crazy creatures, you know. We just train and we fight, man. And uh, any fighter out there knows this. And sometimes you get matched with fighters that you, 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 sh- you know, you're supposed to be, and and that's the way it is, man. You just do your job. But unfortunately, with that comes a lot of backlash, and and sometimes the fighters give other fighters backlash. And I hate to see it, and I've copped it from other fighters and that, and and uh, and it's shit. Um, but one thing about this is everyone got behind me, man, and everyone, you know, I had a lot of messages from a lot of fighters around the country, you know, and it, it, it was so good to see, and then, you know, some of them went on to do it themselves and, um, you know, saying that I inspired them to do it, which was made me feel uh, feel really good, you know. And, uh, and you know, my mate Daryl Foley, one morning I was out at the 4am run and I was standing there waiting for the clock to tick over so I could start, and I heard, let's go, champ. Let's go, let's go, Jeremy. So he didn't tell you he was coming? No, no, no. And I see this fucking guy walking down the road, and I was like, who the fuck is that? I was like, Daryl Foley. He's like, man, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I was looking at Instagram last night, and I was like, he missed the story, like the whole thing. He's like, this motherfucker's crazy. He's crazy, this motherfucker. He goes, I'm going to meet him at 4 a.m. to do the run with him. So anyway, he ended up going on to do his own challenge, uh, a little bit different. So he, he uh, did 5Ks. Every four hours for 48 hours, but he had to set a time that he could run them. So, like, it was, he fucking smashed them, bro. He, like, he was running, like, under 20 minutes, you know, like, four-minute Ks or something, like, back to back to back, like, which is, which is solid. So, uh, Dara Foley, massive shout-out to you, brother, and, uh, and just for being a good guy, man. One of the good guys at boxing, Dara Super Foley. So I heard that you actually want to do the Goggins Challenge again, um, <laughs> but you want to you want to kind of create your own little twist, and yep. um, uh, I mean, maybe Dave will 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 see it and 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 step up to the plate as well, right? Yeah, well, I'm sure he will. I'm sure. Look, David Goggins is is a is a madman. Um, he's uh, been messaging me a bit, and I like um, you know asked him some advice on some different challenges to do and that, and he said, "Look, step it up, you know, right." Raise raise it up, brother. Let's go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a challenge. Uh, it's called five five seven five. So every five hours, I run five miles, which converts to how many kilometers? Uh, eight kilometers. Right. So, um, but I'm gonna do it for seventy five hours. Damn. So it's a long fucking time. So why not? Um, w- there's no fights coming up just yet. Um, so. Look, we've just got to get a few things ready. I'm going to do it for charity. Uh, I'm going to raise some funds for, for mental illness. Um, just trying to figure out a few things. I've got some people trying to work out some stuff. So, um, you know, where we can send the money to and all that sort of stuff. So I'm just, I'm just, uh, we're just waiting to drop it. But uh, it will be soon, uh, within the week or two. Um, and every five hours I run five miles, which is eight kilometres for 75 hours. And uh, all the money raised will go to... A charity that we choose and, and one that's close to my heart is mental illness. So we've just got to pick what one we're going to use and, and go from there, brother. Now, I guess the uh, mental illness side is, is close to your heart because, you know, you, I mean, you've never tried to keep it under wraps. You've, you've dealt yeah. with it for a very long time. Um, so I guess this is perfect time to kind of like go back, like, yeah. like way back. <laughs> um, way back. So I guess... If you if you want to you know fill people in a little bit about you know you Luke Jackson as a yep. kid growing up in um, in a little place called Tasmania yep. uh, for for people that don't know obviously Australians know this but 
for people that don't know, it's this little little triangle that's at the bottom of Australia. Um, I wouldn't even know what the population is. You you might know. I don't know. Um, but uh, half a million, I think. I yeah. Know. So so, what was Luke Jackson numbers. like as a kid? Well, um, you know, to be honest with you, the first thing when I think about my childhood, the first thing that comes to my mind is is, is chaos. You know, it was very chaotic. There was no structure. Um, there was no structure. I felt like there was no routine or love or anything. You know, it was it was very just chaotic, man. Um, I remember a lot of things, but like one thing that sticks in my head is just running out of my house. You know, running. I don't know where the fuck I was running. I was woken up, man. My sister, she's um, eleven months older than me at the time. We was only kids, man, and we're just running. I don't know where we was running, but we we're running. And we end up outside of the house, sitting down at a fence, and it was that cold. I, I had like um, I had like my socks on my hands because I was really my my hands were cold. And and uh, and look, I don't know why we were there or what. And uh, fuck, I still don't know anything about it. But I just remember running, man, and. And then, um, you know, being in and out of care a lot, you know, speaking to my mum on the phone, asking when I can come home and, um, you know, little things like, it's crazy the shit you remember as a kid, man. Like, I remember being at some places, ha- uh, someone's house, and I didn't want to stay there, but the lady said, oh, if I, uh, that I had to stay there, and I'm like, I don't want to, and then I remember saying, oh, I'll stay if I could sleep in my clothes, because, like, you know, I was only a kid. I thought that was pretty cool if I could sleep in my clothes. And she said, you can sleep in your clothes. So I, I did, and uh, and that's the reason I stayed there. And I just remember, like, being fed this fucking food, like Heinz spaghetti, um, with a nice cut bread up and put bread in it, and the bread would go real soggy in the fucking spaghetti, and I used to have to eat that. Like, just little things like that, man. Like, I just fucking, I just remember that shit. Um Unfortunately, you just always remember the negative stuff about anything, and um, there was not much positive things to come out of my childhood that I that I can remember, to be honest with you. And um, yeah, and I like to sort of leave it there, you know. Um, I don't really think about it that much. I d- I don't like to think about it. Um, when I do talk about it, I get sw- you know a bit sweaty and hot, and um, but yeah, I I sort of blocked it out, man. From 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 a young age, I blocked it out. So, I guess from from that point of view, you 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 then found boxing, or boxing yeah. found you. Like uh, you're a bit of a late bloomer when it comes to the sport. Yep. Um, obviously, walking into the gym, I think you you said you were 18. Yep. Um, what what were the circumstances there? Was it just something that you were trying to go straight and narrow, or or, or has boxing? I mean, even though you only picked it up when you were 18, has it always been something that you've been you know involved with ie were you a fan before or was it just something that you needed to to have an outlet well you know i get asked this question a lot like because obviously once i got a little bit older you know my dad took me back um my dad took care of me um and then my dad had a had a wife which is still his wife now um nice lady and then um you know, he he was living with her, so I was living by myself, man, from like the fucking age of eleven or twelve, uh, smoking weed, just smoking weed, living by myself the whole time. Um, my my other brothers and sisters got kicked out because um, they got caught smoking weed. I was a bit smarter, um, so yeah, I used to live by myself, man, and I used to spend a lot of time by myself, and that's where a lot of my issues went unnoticed. And I used to watch a lot of movies, you know, Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris, and 
you know, Van Dam, and I just remember like being like in the house, like honestly pretending I was fighting people all the time, like um, crazy. Did you used to get into fights as a kid? Yeah, I got into a lot of fights as a kid, man. I was, I thought I was, uh, I thought I was a lot tough, tougher and harder than what I fucking actually was. I mean, now that I know fighting, uh, and I know how to fight, I actually had no, not much of an idea back then, but I thought I did, and I and I bluffed a lot of people. Bluffed a lot of fucking people. <laughs> and I mean, lo- looks are deceiving, right? I mean, they are, man. you know, you you look at someone like yourself. I mean, you must be what five five seven five eight. Oh mate, I I, I took centimeters, one sixty nine. Okay, one one sixty nine. But uh, uh, you know, then then you watch yourself step uh, into a ring, and it's it's kind of yeah. like you're ten foot tall and bulletproof. Yeah, and I sm- I'll, I'll smash you. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I um I loved fighting. I just love fighting, man. I love fighting, and um, I the the main reason I started boxing, to be honest with you, is because I met. I was out, you know, doing the doing my thing, and there was these guys, Nathan and Chris Polly. They, they, these guys that used to be around, you know, the scene, and um, you know, everyone used to look at them, you know, and I'm thinking, fuck, that's cool. You know, they get a bit of respect, you know, like this, and I always wanted attention because I never got it as a kid. But like I just wanted attention from someone, and I never got it. Um, so I'm like, fuck, I'm going to go to the gym with them and uh, and see how it goes. And I was a natural, man. They said I was a natural and I picked it up really quickly. And uh, I remember hitting the pads up there one day and Chris Polly s- said to me, he goes, I feel sorry for the first guy that's going to fight you for, for his first fight. Because uh, I was just, I was leaps of bounds, everyone. And and my first fight, I, I fought a guy named Cater Moore. And, um, yeah, I smashed him. I smashed him. Um he hit me with a left hook though in the second round that gave me a concussion. I don't remember uh, much after that, but I still smashed him. I just threw four punches down the middle. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Didn't hit the body, didn't hit nothing, and just and won the fight. I was so scared before the fight, so scared. And then after the fight, I don't remember the drive home. I don't remember anything, but I was happy. I know that. Was, it, was, was there ever a time when you were back there for your first fight that you were just like... What am I getting myself into? Brother, I wanted to get the fuck out of there. I remember this guy, because I was working for my dad at the time, and they always used to tease me, man, say, oh, you're going to get knocked out first round, you're going to get smashed, you're going to get this, you're going to get that. And it used to make me so angry. And then I just smashed this guy in in my fight. And um, and then I went back to work on Monday. I said, yeah, you fucking, yeah? Fucking how'd it go? Who got smashed? It wasn't fucking me. So I had a point to prove, and uh, and I proved it. And then obviously you went on from there. Uh, as I mentioned in the intro, you 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 got state titles, you you got national titles, and then obviously Commonwealth Games, and then then the big one for you, right? Which was what was the Olympic Games? Um, how how was that campaign? How how was it taking on the captaincy? Um, I mean, you know. You uh, you call it the, I guess the highlight of your career, even though technically you're still an amateur at this point. Yeah. Well, after uh, like once I started boxing and it took off for me pretty quick. Um, I I was still drinking and that, and then uh, I lost my third fight, and that's when I go fuck it. I'm gonna change my life. If I want to do this properly, then I gotta I gotta make some sacrifices. And uh, 
and yeah, man, I stopped drinking and, and started training hard, and um, and then it took off. I won, I won the Australian title, and I won selection for uh, the Commonwealth Games in two thousand six, and then went on to uh, win a win a medal for 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 Australia in in like ten fights, thirteen fights or something. It's fucking crazy, absolutely crazy. And how was the Olympic campaign like? Um, obviously, how, how how did you do? And um, you know, you obviously went pro after the Olympics, which meant, you know, that was your Olympic, I guess, career done and dusted. Um, but yeah, how 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 did you think that campaign went? Well, you know, after I won the bronze at at the um, Commonwealth Games, I set out for the Beijing Olympics. Um, I was red hot favourite to make the Beijing Olympics. I'd give up everything and move to Canberra. And um, I was training, you know, constantly and isolating myself in a little room similar to this size of this. Like, I'd train, I'd come back and I'd just stay in the room. Like, fucking, that's all I did. And I obsessed about making the Olympics so much. And then I wasn't eating properly. Um, and I'd, I'd already beaten this guy, Paul Fleming, three times. Okay, so I only had to beat him one more time I was going to the Olympics. This is Beijing. So anyway, we, f- we fly to Samoa for the trials, and it's when I got there, I don't know, something in my head clicked where I go, um, I I can't sleep properly. And then I started going crazy. I, was like, I couldn't sleep. So I was there like 10 days and slept maybe seven hours or seven days and slept 10 hours. It was fucking craziness, like fuck all. And then I won two fights. I stopped one guy and, and beat the other one pretty easy, and I fought Paul in the final and lost by two points. So my Olympic campaign for 2008 was over and they flew me straight home, packed my suitcase and flew me straight home to fucking uh, Tasmania. That was it. Bye-bye. They don't want to know you anymore. And, uh, That's and rough. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit. So then I went home and uh, I was really down and I was really down and I, I'm, I remember thinking to myself, why am I feeling this way still when the Olympic campaign is over? I just was always feeling really bad and couldn't catch my breath properly, um, and like had real like felt like I don't know I just felt like I was suffocating inside and couldn't breathe. And then uh, and then I went to the doctor, and I said, um, you know, I'm feeling like shit, and I thought it was the uh, the pressure of making Olympics, but I missed out, so the pressure should be gone. So why am I still feeling like this? And I said, like, if you don't do something, then I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I can't live another day like this because it's just fucking torture. And he diagnosed me, reckons I had, like, a small case of anxiety or something. So he gave me some um, some, some medication. Um, and it sort of helped a little bit, to be honest with you, to start with. Um, and then, um, and then you know, I got on with my life after missing out at the Olympics in 08. Then, I, you know, I had no education. I had... I had nothing but that. Um, and, you know, my dad said fucking, always said fuck boxing, fuck boxing, like focus on your career, you know, get a job, get this. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. So I went back home after missing out and I was looking at my dad. It was like my dad said, I told you so, you know what I mean? Like, he's like, I told you so. Like, he didn't say it, but I knew that's what he was thinking. And uh, so then I, I had no education. I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, so we went to uh, we went to TAFE together, me and my dad, and uh, we got an asbestos license together. Like my dad sitting side by side with me, like it was the fucking best memories forever, man. And we bo- both got our license, and um, 
I opened up <laughs> I opened up a fucking little asbestos business called Jackson Asbestos and Roofing, right? And my dad my dad had just roofing and my, me and my dad have got different last names, right? So my dad's <laughs> my dad's Tony Pettit and I'm Luke Jackson, right? So we'd be in the car together and someone would call and I'd call dad and say, Hey, I'm after a quote for asbestos job and uh, dad'd go, Yeah, no worries. Um it's this, and then, then they'd ring me and say, hey, and I'd say, hey, it's Luke from Jackson Asbestos and Roofing, and they go, oh, we're after a job. So they're calling us, they're, they're trying to um, get the best price, and my dad would say, right, so I'll go in at, say, 10,000, 10, 10, you go in at, at nine and a half, so you get the job. So I was fucking making good money, brother. Like, I was making great money, um, brought myself a house, brought myself a car, brought everything, and life was good, man. But I still didn't have that Olympic, so I was still a little bit down. And did you ever want to try again? Because, I mean, some of these Olympians, you, you sometimes see they, they do, you know, two, three Olympics. Was, was was it ever a goal to go that again? Or, or you know, was that just, uh, as you say, you, you, you obviously had a goal in mind. You achieved that goal and it was time to move on to the next chapter. Well, you know, we're talking about... Beijing, that's the one I missed out on. So I missed out on Beijing and um, and all this happened after Beijing. So And then, you know, I wanted to achieve the Olympics and, and so that's I, I got the house and got everything and I had a girlfriend at the time. Life was pretty happy, to be honest with you. Everything I wanted I had you know, except the Olympics. And um, I decided I was going to start boxing uh, at the high level again um, and so I went up a division I went to 60 kilos because as an amateur I was 57 and everyone said that I couldn't make it at 60 I was too small uh, they're too big they're too strong anyway I went to the Australian totals and smashed them all so I beat them all easily um, no problems and then went to Commonwealth Games in 2010 and was named team captain for that and um, and then after that that's when I'll go you know what I'm gonna go. F- I'm gonna try and make the Olympics. You know, I'm gonna have another crack at that, and that's and that's what I did. And I set I set my fucking goal on it uh, again, and I I fucking went at it. I went at it hard. You know, the OAS rang me. They said, "Oh, we want you to come back to to the OAS," but I said no because you dropped me back in 2008. I'm not coming back. I'm not fuck. I'll do it myself. So I did. I did it myself in my dad's garage. You know, I made the I made the Olympics in my dad's garage, training from fucking from nothing. And I made it. It's funny, right? Because as as they always say, never forget, never forget, and that obviously stuck with you for a little while. Fucking hope, brother. They, they, I was fucking bawling my eyes out after missing out on the Olympics, like uh, crying. They put me in a fucking, they put me on a plane with my suitcase and flew me straight from Samoa to fucking Hobart, Tasmania. After I'd lived in in Canberra for fucking three years, brother, dedicated my life to the sport up there, and just that's it. And then you know, when once I come back and I made the you know, when the Australian titles again. I'll come back to that house. Nope. Not happening. Fuck that. Did you ever think about just tossing in the towel and being done with it, with the sport? Of course. Of course, brother. Uh, many times. But, you know, um, you know, after I missed out on Beijing, you know, people don't know this, but I come back and then I started training again and I, and I had a bad back injury. I had a, uh, a stress fracture in my L5 and I didn't listen to it. 
the doctors, they said rest, and I didn't rest, and then fucking bang, L L five fractured my L five. Was out for six months, couldn't do anything. But I sat on an exercise bike and pedaled for fucking six months on an exercise bike, and I started training these young kids to keep my my mind stimulated with the box and teaching them. And then I come back to 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 go again for the national titles in Sydney and broke my fucking left hand on someone's elbow, sparring, and then that was out. So then like. I didn't fight in like over a year, but I was still training and I had a bad back injury, had a broken hand and then still come back and still smashed everyone in a weight division above me at the Australian Torres and then went to the Commonwealth Games as team captain and then went on again and made the Olympic Games. So four years later it took me. Fucking hell, mate. That's that You wouldn't read about that shit. That shit and a lot of mental illness as well along the way. It was crazy. And like a funny story because at the time... When the trials were on, it was in Canberra. And, and my girlfriend at the time, I, I said, right, fly up. I flew up two weeks before the last sparring session. And I got this apartment at the um, at the AOS. So it was like a bungalow thing. You go down, it's got the kitchen, everything, and, and the room. And I'm like, I'll get this room. And then, you know, I had the sparring on the weekend. And I'd done everything like clockwork and wrote it down in my diary. Okay, we're sparring today, da-da-da. Sparring today, sleep good. Sparring today, sleep good. So I just back-to-back-to-back sparring sessions. So then I'm like, you know, in two weeks' time, I'm going to do the exact same thing, just, you know, like clockwork, you know. And my girlfriend comes up two weeks after and I s- went to book the room and I, I I went to book the room at the reception. I said, I wouldn't need this room. And they go, no, nah, it's booked. I'm so no, nah, I need the room. And she's like, no, nah, it's booked. I said, no, nah, you don't understand. I need that fucking room. Like uh, this is – and then I explained the story about it. Anyway, we got the room and – um. I had a bit of a cold, <coughs> so the doctors give me some antibiotics and one thing I found out after this is that uh, antibiotics fuck on my stomach. So I get bad uh, diarrhoea and my stomach bleeds from from the antibiotics. So <laughs> fuck me, Dad. I'm thinking, fuck, it's not going to happen again, is it? Like four years later, like, fuck, I'm sleeping okay, but I'm shitting blood. Like the antibiotics is fucking me. Uh, anyway, I had two fights, one easily, stop one, smash the other one. And then I fought a guy named Chad Milnes in the in the final, and um, and man, fuck, I nothing would have stopped me that day. Nothing would have stopped me that day. I felt so good, and I remember coming back after the first round. It was you know I was a couple of points up, and then after the second, I just broke him down. And the third round, I went in, and I was easy. I could have just boxed a move, but I just walked him down and just and just fought him, and and brother, I could have fought twenty rounds that day. I was so fit, I was so good, and then after the fight. I just went over to to the um, and I just pointed out at my dad in the fucking crowd because like you know what I've fucking been through to make this happen, and it was the best day of my life. And the next day I went to the next day I went to the zoo, the the zoo in Canberra. Best day of my fucking life, best day of my life. And I was like, I'm an Olympian. I woke up an Olympian. Finally, I'm an Olympian. And I went to the fucking zoo, and it was the best day of my fucking life. I seen these little fucking animals. I was just like, man, I'm so happy. Uh, the best. And I guess, I guess it's kind of like a crazy journey for you as well, right? Because, you know, your doctors are saying you, you need to slow down a little. Um, yeah. Obviously, you're dealing with, with your uh, mental issues as well. And I guess that leads me to, to, to the next thing, which is like, do you ever feel, you know, you, you hear a lot of these 
pros or legends and they say it's it's an obsession you you have to be obsessed with the sport i mean you you can get to a certain point but if you if you want to excel you have to be obsessed but then there's also such a thing of uh overtraining i guess you know and 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 fatiguing yourself out but if you i guess sit out for a little while your 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 head starts playing games with you because you've got too much time to think of course um so, like, do, do, do you believe that there's such a thing as overtraining or do you, do you just push through? Like, how, how, how does that all work for you? Okay, so right now, I, you can't, I can't overtrain because I can, I'm eating. Okay, so when I can eat what I want, I can train all day because your body recovers from the food, you know. But when I'm making weight and I'm cutting weight, people don't understand how much weight fighters have to cut. Um, you know, you understand because you love the sport. And you know, brother, you know, you've done it, you know, you, you lived and breathed it. Like, it's fucking brutal. So you can't recover when you're cutting weight, brother. So you have to take, you know, when I'm in deep, deep camp, I'll take maybe one or two days, full full days off training a week. You know, so very limited, you know, like full rest day, nothing. Um, but now, fuck, brother, I'll just keep training. And, and I'll listen to the body. If my arms are sore, I'll use my legs. If my legs are sore, I'll use my arms. If my back's sore... <laughs> I'll use my stomach. No. Look, you know, like, you just got to listen to your body. And, I, you know, I'm 35 now and I've been doing this, um, you know, consistently training for nearly nearly 20 years. So, a long fucking time. And and how many uh, amateur fights did you have? It was like 113? Yeah, about yeah. 120, something like that. Yeah, 113, 120. Yeah. And, and about 80-odd 80, 80 international, you know, against the big boys. And they're all against men. Because I started late. They're all against men. No senior fucking fights. That's a that's a big difference, brother. And what what is it about? Uh, I mean, I, I've dealt with a lot of MMA guys, but like, what is it with boxing and and keeping that amateur record so long? Because in the MMA world, obviously, like you, a lot of these guys that have maybe five, eight amateur fights, and then they sort of turn pro. Because at the end of the day, as uh, as all combat athletes say, it's it's about price fighting. I mean, you've got to make a living. So why do you why do you find that you guys specifically in boxing stay so long in in the amateur circuit? Well, brother, I never wanted to turn pro. My goal was to make the Olympics, and um, you know, after after I did make the Olympics, I get out of the ring and this reporter comes up and goes, "Oh, what's it what's it taken for you to get to this moment?" And I just come out of it. I could just come out because no one knew that I had any mental issues, not even my dad. My missus at the time knew, but she didn't know, and I didn't even really know. I told her I, told her I had anxiety, but I, I come out and I said, look, I've been through this, that, I fucking take medication, this and this and that. And, um, you know, I remember I used to say this prayer, brother, every day, dear Lord, let me make the Olympic Games and I'll die two weeks later. I used to say that fucking, <laughs> mate, I'm not even talking shit, 100, 200 times a day in my head. And I used to say it, and I didn't know whether it was true or not, but I used to say it, and um, it just made me feel at ease, brother. It made me feel like I was going to make it, and um, and I don't give a fuck. It worked, <laughs> so uh, with a lot of hard work and a lot of everything. So the only reason I turned pro, brother, is because after the Olympics, I come home, and uh, the girl that I was with, I had a bad breakup. It wasn't bad. I keep saying bad, but I, it was just a breakup that. Um, you know, people break up every day, but I took it really bad, and uh, and I started drinking and doing a lot of drugs, brother. And um, 
and it was it was either I was trying to self sabotage, you know, self destruction, and it was either it was either do boxing or fucking end up dead. So I chose to turn professional, and that's that's the only reason I did is because because uh, I was dealing with some issues at the time. And I guess you turned professional. You like well, first you lasted the two weeks. Yeah. After the Olympics, yeah. so that was a, a, a check, and then you I'm probably like, thought, "Fuck, I'm still here." <laughs> <laughs> then you probably thought, "What am I going to do next?" You turn yeah. professional, yeah, and even then, you you moved to Sydney, obviously, um, as well, and and you had a pretty impressive record. You, I mean, it's still impressive. Uh, you went. What was it by the time you went over to to uh, Ireland? It was eight, 18 zero? 16 and zero. Then you obviously went across to the big boys. The big boys. Right? Welcome to the fucking big boys. Right. And I mean, was that the biggest crowd you fought in front of? Twenty four thousand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huge. And and out of the twenty four thousand, probably twenty three thousand seven hundred and fifty were screaming Irish fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you had a lot on your shoulders, right? Like, yeah, how, what what was that experience like? Like, everyone keeps asking the same question. Like, how was the 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 fans and that. and I'm like okay picture this picture picture a lot of cheers and and all that okay so yeah go Luke go Luke go Luke and then picture also booing fuck you Luke yeah it's at the, either way you put it it's fucking noise isn't it it's noise it's loud so if you can deal with loud noise you're sweet brother I didn't give a fuck about it I the the, the crowd didn't affect me you know what affected me. You know what affected me? What's that? Carl's fucking punches to the head and to the body affected me. But uh, <laughs> I, is there anything that can prepare you for that kind of noise? Because whether the noise was for you or against you, like you, you obviously have never been, just or was the Olympic yeah, noise kind of look, that? I've fought in front of big crowds, brother. I've fought in front of big crowds, and I'm very, very experienced. I'm a very experienced fighter. Um, you, you either sink or swim, brother. That night I, uh, I sunk. <laughs> Fucking hell, I sunk. But look, it is what it is, brother. I live to fight another day, and we're coming for that 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 another big fight. So. And and obviously, you lost that fight. Um, yeah. Would you consider him your toughest opponent today? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know, Kyle's punches didn't hurt me at all. Um, he busted my eardrum in round two. My other one in round four smashed my eye. I couldn't see out of it, and dropped me with a body shot in round eight. I remember going back to the corner. And and my coach Billy's saying, oh, we're gonna s- s- like you know if you keep getting hit, we're gonna. I said, don't you fucking stop it, don't. I said, please, brother, don't stop it. Let me go out of my shield. Let me fucking go out. Let me just go. Let me let me ride this shit out. And he did. He gave me an opportunity, but then eventually he stopped the fight. When um, at least I finished on my feet, you know. Um, I'm a fighter, man. And um, and I guess that's always the dangerous point, right? Because fighters have a fighter mentality, and yeah. They always say, I want to go out on the shield, but we see it so often where I, I find that corners aren't stepping in yeah, quick, you gotta have quick a good, enough. You've got to have a good corner, brother, because we're fighters, you know, we want to just keep fighting. We're fucking, we're, we're not normal, brother. Any fighter, any sport, we're not normal. Um, and then on top of that, I've got my fucking demons, bro, you know, so, um, you know. Looking back on it, though, do you, do you, do you agree with Billy's decision? Of course, there? Of, of course I do. Of course I do. I wish um, I wish I had have thought a bit different. But listen, 
always said I'd never be that guy that sat at a pub when he's 60, 70 years old and say, oh, I could have done this if I'd have done that. Listen, I did it because I fucking did it or I didn't because I didn't. I made the Olympic Games and I fought for a world title. I won a bronze for Australia at the Commonwealth Games. I fought for two um, two world championships. Um, I was captain of the Australian team for many years. I've had a great um, uh, professional career. I fought for a world title. Australian titles, regional titles, and uh, and it's still going. I want another big fight, and hopefully I can add to that already good resume. Um, but if not, then fuck it, beloved. I've, I've I've done more than what I ever thought I could. Um, come a kid in and out of uh, out of care, um, high school dropout into drugs, um, and you know I've I've done well for myself, and and the the journey's not over just yet. And since then, you've obviously. Um Changed teams. You've 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 found yourself a new coach. Yeah. Um, is that to do with obviously? Did 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 you feel like Billy took you to a certain point and 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 you needed to change things up a little bit, or or why why the change at camp now? Um, obviously, because you know together you guys were able to get to that world title. Yeah. Um, so what, what what's this kind of thought process there? Well, uh, a lot of things, you know, um, but. Me and Billy come to an agreement that we've both, you know, done done what we could and it's time for me to move on and and uh, I thank Billy the same for everything he done for me. Um and and, and team body punch, um Hussey Hussein and, and Skinny Hussein, um, great people. And uh, and all the boys at Body Punch Gym. So it was just time for a change, brother, that's all. And um, you know, I thank Billy for everything he's done for me in the past and um I'm you know, working out of uh, Woolloomooloo Boxing now. Um, so, and I've got my 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 long time trainer Grant Brown. Um, is is like a brother to me. He's he's in my corner still. So, for the fights, he'll come up and and you know, for training camps, he'll come in and up and in and out. And uh, I've got a, uh, a guy named Tomo that's helping me as well, which is which is a very very good guy. And I'm just happy, brother. That's you know, I'm f- fucking happy for once. Um, I went through a rough patch last year and, you know, uh, I'm finally feeling good. And obviously the one good thing about uh, Body Punch is, is you know, the, the level of sparring partners you were able to receive there. Are you, are you going to still bring some of those, like your, your Billy Dibs and, and, and uh, Mundine? Uh, I mean, you had uh, Sam Goodman out there and are, y- are you still bringing those sparring partners in or you change camps, new partners, are you, like a fresh slate? No, look, uh, you know, we'll still all work together. Boxing's a small community, brother. We'll all still work together, and um, yeah, the 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 boys all work together still. You know, we're all still going to work together and, and get that work in, and uh, we help each other. So, if anything, it just gives me more of an opportunity to to spread out, you know, and do more than what I was. So, it's it's all positive, brother. All positivity. And everything's kind of been put on hold at the moment because of the coronavirus. We, you yeah. know, I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're in sport, business, everything. Everything's kind of on lockdown at the moment. You're obviously keeping fit. You're keeping healthy. Um, but what is what what is the, the the future plan at the moment? Like, obviously, I know that you're wanting to give a world title one more shot. Um, how how many fights do you think you're kind of off potentially going for another title? Um, yeah. So, w- what's the kind of plan like uh, coming out of this 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 lockdown? Well, the plan is 
to fight ASAP. Uh, I'm ready to go. I told my manager, Mike Altamura, get me a shot at anyone uh, from 126 to 135. I'll fight anyone with the belt or for the money. Uh, in Australia, there's talk um, that I could be fighting, I don't know, uh, a guy named Jai Alexander's. Um, Apparently his team wanted to fight or something. I said, yeah, let's make it happen at 1.30. Um, maybe on the Zoo Horn undercard, we could get that down. Um, fight for a regional belt. I like Joe, very nice kid um, and good young fighter. So we could make that fight happen. Um, but look, yeah, whatever, but I'm ready to go. I'm fit. I'm fucking, I'm firing. Um, I feel I found a new, you know, a new love for the sport and life. A new love for for life, I, sh- I should say. Not the sport of, you know, I've always loved the sport, but I, l- I love my life at the minute. So um, I'm very happy, you know. Like, I've been through some shit in my time, man. You know, like, um, you know, after Olympics and that, when, you know, I thought I had, ang- like, anxiety and that, I went through a real rough patch. And, you know, finally a close friend of mine saying I was really down and um, I ended up going to see the doctor and um, they... they um, Send me to a specialist, Michael, uh, Doctor Michael Davis. He's a psychiatrist, and he 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 broke me back to the to the basics, brother. Like um to the core of where you know my childhood, and asked me a lot of questions, and I seen him for a bit. So then they eventually, after you know seeing me for a while, diagnosed me with uh, OCD, which is obsessive compulsive disorder. And a lot of people think OCD is just cleaning and touching stuff, and and it is, man. Like I remember as a kid. In my room, my mum used to come in and in and out and turn the fucking light on and off like heaps of times. And then I'd go to the, she'd go to the door, lock it, unlock it, lock it, unlock it, lock it, unlock it. And the stove on and off, on and off, on and off. And like, this is just stuff that I remember as a kid. And, um, and then it come to me, you know, like I used to count numbers all the time. Seven was my number. And then like I'd touch stuff, I'd walk past something. And if I didn't go back and touch it, I thought something bad was going to happen. But then the process changes as you get older, like, um, you know, I'd I'd drive I'd drive from one light post to the next with my eyes closed, see if I could make it to the next light post with my eyes closed. Um, and a lot of the shit, like my childhood, I sort of blocked it out and I stopped thinking about it. But like when I was at the Carl Frampton fight, um, BBC done an interview on me and they asked me about it, and like it all just started coming back to me. And like I remember I used to go out drink a lot, and I used to come back. And I'd have a crossbow in my house and I used to load the fucking thing up and go into my bathroom and point the crossbow in my fucking mouth and egg myself on to pull the fucking trigger and, like, abuse myself and say, come on, fucking do it. And, like, I did that for, like, hours, brother, off my fucking head. And obviously I never pulled the trigger, thank God. And um, But it was just issues like that I had. And, um, and then I, I, I had this thing where I had to go like that and couldn't catch my breath. And if I couldn't catch it, it, it'd start pissing me off and I'd have to keep doing it. And then the more I'd do it, the more I couldn't catch it and the more I'd overthink it. And then it was really bad, mate. Like, there's times that they were, I used to sit down in the fucking shower for, like, an hour trying to catch my breath and I'd be really bad to the point, like, I'd nearly start crying. Like, I'd have to go to the doctors and say, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And um, they just said, yeah, it's probably pressure trying to make the Olympics. And that's the thing, after I missed out, it... it, it it, um, it was still there, you know, and then, anyway, Dr. Michael Davies gave me some medication, and the thing was, I had a lot of suicidal thoughts, and I used to think about killing myself a lot, and even though I was happy, like, I'd be laying in bed going, mate, you made the Olympics, like, 
that's all you ever wanted. Why are you fucking upset? You know, like, you, you, why are you thinking about fucking tying a rope around the fucking manhole and jumping out and killing yourself? Like, it doesn't make sense, brother. What's going on? And I, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And, um, you know, it goes back to, because when I was a kid, I had my, as I said, I'd never had much attention. And I had this guy, Graham, his name was, my mum's my boyfriend at the time. And he used to kick the football with me all the time. And I loved footy as a kid. He used to kick footy with me all the time. And uh, one day he he left and he always used to wear sunglasses. And he left his sunglasses there on the t- on my mum's coffee table. And I said, Mum, Graham's left his sunglasses. And the next day or so they found him dead. He'd hung himself in his bathroom in his house. And that affected me a lot. I'm like, what is going on? And then, you know, after that, my sister had a different dad to me. And then he killed himself like... It, was, it happened around the same time. I can't remember exactly the timing of it, but it was very close. So as a kid, I thought suicide, thought about suicide a lot. Like, is this what people do or is this – I'm not sure. Like, if I just didn't know, man. And so I thought about it every day for, for, for my whole life. And then I was obsessing about doing it as well. So I had to speak to the psychiatrist about this and he sent me to an OCD specialist. Her name was Lisa. And uh, they helped me a lot with trying to – come to terms with how to control my fucking brain, which is crazy, like, because, like, you know, it's your brain, so you should be in control of it, right? But but uh, I guess sometimes it goes into autopilot. That, that That's the thing, and, yeah. and, 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 I mean, that's what dreams and nightmares are too, right? Like, right. at the end of the day, we can't control what we dream, we can't control nightmares. So as much as we like to control our, our thought process, there are times where, obviously the thoughts take over us, um, you know, and I guess that once again goes back to the whole, like, I, I know when I get bad thoughts and this is back to the overtraining and stuff, you, you go, I need something to focus on because if I don't, my, my mind starts wandering, right? Of and course, brother. Of and, course. And, and, and that's the bad thing. But going back to, obviously, um, you know, you... You're wanting this. This do you, do you, do you think you have multiple shots left, or are, are you at the point in your career now where you're giving it one more, one more, run, like run <laughs> at it, or are, are you undecided and you'll see how it goes? I don't know, man. I don't know. Foot. I just want to crack. I don't want to have another crack. I'm happy. I feel good, and um, I've I've told my manager, Mike Alvaro, make the fucking make the fight happen. Make it happen. Uh, I want some. Listen. I want to set myself up now. I want to. I, I want to be smart. This year is all about me being smart, financially, business wise. I've got some big plans coming. Set myself up, brother. This is what it's about this year, and obviously to win the world title would be great. And that's what I want to do to make more money. But also business wise, I'm gonna. I've got a few things coming. And you know, I said uh, always used to say I want to. By the time I'm thirty, I want to be a millionaire, married. And have kids, and I haven't got any of that. So, uh, well, 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 you do have one of that, which is you're you're, you're thirty, or you you past thirty. Yeah, so I'm past thirty. <laughs> so maybe by the time I'm forty, millionaire, wife and kids. Let's see. Hey, I don't care about the wife and kids as long as there's fucking mar- um, millionaire. And. Uh, I guess with the with the fighting, I mean, no one knows when things gonna uh, yeah. come out of lockdown. I mean, uh, this last weekend was was a positive uh, kind of 
scenario. Uh, UFC, they, yeah. UFC finally held an event again. Uh, they Where did was ha- it? It was in uh, Jacksonville in Florida. Um, they did have a bit of a scare um, because just before the weigh-ins, one of their fighters actually tested positive to COVID. And then uh, later on that day, they reported that two of his cornermen also tested positive. To, so I don't know how that's going to affect. But just say your your manager calls you in a week, two weeks, and they said, we, we, we can line up a fight the same way as, I guess, UFC have done. No crowds, no nothing. Are you up for that? Uh, or would you really want to wait until this lockdown period's over um, to really get back in there and, and, and you know, uh, give, it, give it one more... One more slug. Three words. Let's fucking go. Crazy I'm, man. I'm ready. Whenever, Crazy. anytime, anywhere. Let's fucking go. As long as the uh, the the opponent and the opponent and, 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 yeah. and and the money and, and the everything money, makes sense, 100%. right? It's got it's got to make sense, brother. It's got to make sense. But I'm ready. Let's fucking go. Honestly, let's go. I'm ready. Whenever, I told Mike, let's go. And finally, I'll just touch on, you know, have you ever considered uh, what, what you could potentially do after your fighting career? So, obviously, you, you've, you've been a gym owner, obviously, in Tassie. Um, have, have you still got that gym? Or, no, you got, you got rid of it when you moved to Sydney, right? Yeah. After the friend of fight, I had a bit of a mental breakdown again. <laughs> I've had a few. Um, sold everything in Tassie. Uh, moved up here, sold my gym, rented my house, sold my car. Moved to Sydney. Best decision I've ever made. I'm happy here. I've met some great people, uh, friends for life. Um, and I guess people can stop giving you a bit of uh, grief about being a Tasmanian, right? Yeah, that's it, man. You know, I'm a Sydney sider now. Nah, I'll always be a Tassie boy, always. And I love Tasmania, but it's time to get up here and do something different in my life. But after I finish boxing, I'm going to open up a state-of-the-art facility, boxing facility, gym facility, and, I'll, mate, if, if anyone wants to box and learn boxing, they'll come to my gym. Trust me. So I guess the 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 after boxing life is 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 coaching, which is 100%. the progression, right? Hundred percent, without a doubt. Man, you are an absolute champion. Um, we know, have we we we're gonna do a few of these, aren't we, brother? Mate, as soon as soon as we're out of uh, lockdown, I mean, obviously, if people don't know, we're we're totally practicing social distancing right now. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, I'm, I'm actually at my house. And he, you're at yours. Yeah, you're 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 at your house, and uh, I'm at mine. But uh, look, it's it's been a pleasure, and, and we will be keeping an eye on, you know, obviously what's what's going on. I'm I'm looking forward to obviously documenting your next fight, as we always yep. do. Yep. Um, but yeah, I as soon as as soon as there's some more news, I guess uh, we'll we'll get you back in. We'll have a little chat. We will, and if anyone has any questions or what want me to talk about something, hit it in the comments or send us a message to Dennis from the Blue Corner podcast, and uh, we'll get we'll get going, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Let's go. I'm away. I'm away. Why?